0: Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Hughes Views, sponsored by female Apparel. Whatever the situation, home, streetwear and sports, no excuses. And KH Decorating, making your house a home. I'll get straight to it, Dan, because we've got a fair bit to go through uh, this week. Uh, it was the red side of Manchester who had the uh, bragging rights after the weekend's game. They won 2-0 at Man City. Uh, it was Fernandes with the penalty after 101 seconds. Dan, it's the earliest goal that Man City have conceded in a league match at the Etihad. Will this affect Man City, do you think? Uh, or will they still win the title with ease this season?
1: Yeah, I think they'll still win the title, Well, uh, I think it was mentioned, I think Roy Keane mentioned, didn't he, that he, he was uh, incensed with uh, Jesus' challenge. But I think he put it in a, in a nutshell, it is a striker's challenge. You, you know, He's got no right to be back there and he's obviously tried to chase the ball. Um, having lost the ball, he's trying to chase back, win possession back for the team made a mistake Um, and I I personally think that actually that set the tone of the whole game Um, and United looked fairly comfortable after being a goal up. I was going to say that, how obviously we don't, you know, we've
0: never, none of us have had experience and we don't know anyone who's like a top top manager but what do you think goes through a manager's mind when they go behind after, you know, just over a minute what you tell your team before the game, this is how we're going to set out not so much you know the gameplay goes completely out the window because I think man city always try and play that same way and they try and you know blow teams away but how do you think that affected the players going down you know within two minutes of the game
1: yeah I think because because it's Manchester City I think there's something that they definitely don't expect to be doing um, even against the best opposition you know European opposition Champions League football they won't be conceding many and certainly not many uh, earlier than that in a game so it would be hard to say I think Peps probably will Pep's mentality would probably be, all right, well, let's just kick back off, nil-nil. You've got the best part of 90 minutes to so go and put it right, but it just didn't seem to go well for them. Uh, it was good game management from uh, Man United. You know, the the only thing I will say, I think we I had a, a chat with a friend of ours, Luke, in, in the week and and said, you know, does it have the intensity that it used to, the Manchester derby? Because for me, it's not, it might be due to the fact the fans aren't in the stadiums at the moment, but they just seem worlds apart, um, and I don't really think it's got that, that sort of flare-up that we're used to. What do you think Man
0: City were missing on Sunday? Because I think Sterling definitely springs to mind. He missed a couple of, you know, cut-edge chances. I thought he would have tucked them on another day. And, you know, the likes of De Bruyne, just uh, like you say, didn't really, you know, fire on all cylinders. What do you think Man City were missing on Sunday? Or is it the fact that Man United played the game so well, and you have to take your hat off to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer?
1: Yeah, I think I think Solskjaer got it right. Al, to be honest, I wouldn't really. I couldn't really fault City. They still created chances, um, but you know, every every team has it. It, it, it was obviously just not their day. Um, they had to lose at some time. You know that unbeaten run wasn't going to continue forever and it just so happened to be against their bit of rivals.
0: So Manchester United are the, you know, the away team merchants at the moment. That's 22 league away games unbeaten. That's an incredible stat. Can they make an even
1: better title push next season, do you think? Yeah, I don't see why not. I think it depends on who they can bring in. I think they definitely need to uh, strengthen the squad a little. Um, but they'll always have that pull because they're Manchester United at the end of the day. Uh, players will want to come and play for, for the club because of its history. So, It'd be it'd be good to see them be back competing, but there is other teams now, and I think we mentioned last week as well. Depending on how Everton do in the summer um, and whether they can strengthen under Ancelotti, I think you know there'll be dark horses next season. I think a lot of
0: teams will be looking to to strengthen. You know, Liverpool notably will
1: want to come back fighting next
0: season. But where do you think Man United need to strengthen next season in order to? If Man City are going to be the title contenders again next season, who do Man United need to bring in again, do you think, to, to really get on their toes?
1: It's a tough one because they, they do have a, a really good attacking threat, but I still think they lack a, a world-class forwards. Um, and, and and that's not derogatory to Rashford because when on Rashford on his day is unplayable. Um, but I don't think he knows his best position and I don't think that uh, Solskjaer knows his best position even now so i think they need a, an out and out striker i know we're going to touch on him a little bit later in the in the episode but you know someone like Haaland, someone that plays as a center forward and doesn't sort of drift off you know i know that rashford is quite comfortable out on the wing at times and and maybe you know look to the to the center backs i know there's a a lot of ridicule around harry maguire but i i really don't see the hype you know i don't think he's the player that Manchester United fans think that he is. And, and you know, I, I just think he's a bang average
0: centre-half. I think the three players for me who really stood out, I thought Dee Henser had a really good gaming goal. Um, I think he's going to be the replacement for De Gea going forward. And he's really trying to make that number one position his own. Uh, I thought Luke Shaw, you know, goal aside, I thought he's absolutely quality and he has been for the last few games. And lastly, I think Wambasaka Kept Sterling really quiet. We know wan from his days at Palace. He's a fantastic fullback, um, and the, the way he times his challenges impeccably—it's uh, amazing for someone at his age. And he can slide when he needs to, and he—you know—nine times out of ten, he always gets these right. So those three players really stood out for me. They're all English. Do you think they'll make the Euro squad in the summer?
1: Uh, yeah, I think that Dean Henderson will um, purely because we 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 lack in top. Goalkeepers. I won't give too much away, but there's you know there's one goalkeeper that I probably wouldn't take, but I know that he's going to go in Pickford. Um, don't think he's he's all that to be honest. I think we've got better. Um, you touched on Luke Shaw. I think his performances could be around the basis that they they signed Alex Tillers, and then since Alex Tillers has come to the club, he's really stepped up his game. And as you say, I think throughout the whole season, he's been top class. Um, and as for Wan Bissaka, unfortunately for for Aaron, he's, he's got a lot of players in that position that arguably are as good as, if not better. Um, so it would really come down to the sheer numbers and, you know, do we need to take four right-backs, for example? Uh, you know, I could name, you know, you got Reese James, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold, that's two already before you even look at Aaron wan And I'm sure I'm forgetting um, other options as well. So that it will be it'll be interesting to see but yeah i mean he, he read sterling like a book and i think that for the neutral that's been a battle that if sterling stays at city and Wan Bissaka stays at man united for years to come i think that would be a battle that will continue uh, they seem to really have it out of each other and so far for Wan Bissaka he's come up on top
0: and lastly on the manchester derby who is your man of the match
1: yeah i think um I think it would be hard to single out one man united player so i you know like you said you you thought that dean henderson had a good game uh you know he had a clean sheet and and the the four players in front of him obviously were very busy um because man City did create chances still so i'm gonna go with the goalkeeper what about yourself
0: yeah i think like i said earlier i think luke shaw has just been um outstanding the last couple of games and for him to, to get the goal, that'll do him the world of good. And he had a really good performance. And do you know what? I don't even think he's 100% fit yet. He still looks like he's carrying a little bit extra. Obviously, he suffered a horrendous leg break a few years ago. And I still think he's yet to get to his best. But that just shows you know, what a player Man United have. And hopefully, what a player England will have uh, in the Euros in the summer. Moving on to the relegation battle. Uh, Newcastle, Brighton and Fulham are all separated by one point. I um, mean, you know, I thought Fulham were very much um written off and you know a lot of football fans probably thought they're going to need the great escape and they're well on their way to doing that Uh, how impressive was Fulham's win at Liverpool at the weekend Dan
1: yeah brilliant Uh, and I think it was you could you could sum it all up with Scott Parker at full time I think I think I know what they've done it's a free hit so three points for them against a team that really shouldn't be dropping points against a team like Fulham is is fantastic and uh You know, I said last week, but I stand by it. I back them to get out of trouble. Uh, And it really is hotting up at the bottom there.
0: It certainly looks that way. They're on 26 points. West Brom and Sheffield United, uh, I think they're cut adrift. I think it's too little too late. Should they go on a late push? I still think that uh, those two are gone. And you've got four points separating four teams down there. So it's, uh, you know, anybody could still go down from... I'd say Burnley at 15th down to Fulham at 18th. Sorry, Fulham
1: have Man City at home next. They couldn't, could they? I, I wouldn't put it past them. They 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 play with a again they're a team that they play with no fear. Um you know, despite where they are in the table I think at the moment it's you know, what 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 what, what do they have to lose? Um especially in in games where they're, they're not expected to win. They might have a KG game against teams in and around them but when they're playing up against teams like Liverpool, Man City as we mentioned they're, they're teams that they're, they're free hits so I think you could ask any Fulham fan they absolutely take a point point. Um, and I think off the back of City losing unfortunately for Fulham I think City are going to want to bounce back um, and they're probably doing some style so it could be it could go either way.
0: I think Scott Parker you, you know he deserves all the plaudits that he gets um whether fulham stay up or go down do you think there'll be suitors coming to try and get scott parker to manage their club next season
1: yeah absolutely um i don't think he stays with them if they get relegated i think that his his presence uh, on the sidelines this season is is going to keep him in in the premier league and as you say there'll be teams coming and asking for his signature and i think personally i think the palace should be one of those teams um Whatever the contact situation is with Roy Hodgson and whether he steps down at the end of the season mutually, depending on what happens with Fulham, I, I would be uh, sort of wanting his signature.
0: Brighton, they lose again. Um, they lost to Leicester at home, 2-1. They can't buy a win at the moment. Um, you know, It's never a good time to lose a game, but they are on a bit of a patch where there's teams where they probably fancied themselves to get points. Um, their last win came on the 3rd of February, when they won at Liverpool, um, and they, you know, they did well to beat Tottenham. And before that, uh, they got Southampton away and Newcastle at home in the next two games. So they're, you know, some two huge games. How many points do you think they get from those two fixtures?
1: I'm not sure because I watched the I watched the Newcastle West Brom game on Saturday, and a friend of mine actually said, you know, is there more of a nil nil game? But he was completely right. Ended up finishing nil nil, and I think that may be the way that the game goes. Brighton Newcastle. I think that will be a new. There's there's too much to lose for both teams, and I think a point a piece is is better than nothing. Um, and Southampton is is I couldn't really call it because they're in such a a bad way as well at the moment. So um, I think Brighton fans would be happy to take four points, a win and a draw, and not lose any. But I, again, I, I I don't really know to be honest. What about yourself, Al? What do you think? This is
0: I, I don't really know. Um where Brighton turned to. I mean, I'm I'm thinking when luck's really against you, it's really against you. I think when they lost to us in the, in the Derby, um, you know, two touches in the box, two goals, and it was a sucker punch right at the end. And they had another sucker punch uh, in the form of a Marty for Leicester. So it's a tough question to ask you, um, but what do Brighton have to do to get out of this
1: mess? I think they start converting their chances. Uh, I think we mentioned, especially in the game against us, the stats, spoke for themselves and uh, you know they're not at risk of going down if they start to convert their chances they just need to stick the ball in the back of their net which i know is easier said than done but like you quite rightly say they are in a real rut it doesn't really look like they're going to turn it around so maybe they need to just try something completely new and maybe set up differently maybe a change of formation um i'll be honest i haven't watched many of their games for obvious reasons this season but you know I wouldn't have a problem with them going down, of course, but if you want me to try and be unbiased, they, they need to start converting.
0: Newcastle have got Aston Villa at home and obviously they've got their game with Brighton. Um, Newcastle are picking up the points. they got back-to-back draws. Um, do you think they can get a victory against Aston Villa at the weekend?
1: I think it's the best best opportunity for them too, depending on uh, Grealish's selection and whether Grealish is back or not. You know, A lot of people speak about uh, Crystal Palace being a one man team with Wilfred Zaha uh, missing, we look, you know, lost without him. But I think Villa have proved that Grealish is is definitely their main man and if a bigger team comes in like it's been rumoured in the summer, they they're gonna they're gonna lose a big hole in their team. Um, so I think Newcastle's the best time for Newcastle to play, Villa, absolutely.
0: looking at uh, some Newcastle
1: stats they've picked up just two
0: wins in 16 Premier League games uh, and Newcastle haven't kept a clean sheet in five Premier League outings at home so it's uh, like you say if Grealish is in that Villa squad on Friday night it's um, I think think, uh, Steve Bruce could have a heap of pressure on him and uh, I think you're right I think Fulham could do it I think they could stay up and I think it's a toss-up between Newcastle and Brighton. Like we said about last weekend, um, you know, with Almiron and Alisson Maximan, they're two huge injuries and, uh, you know, across that squad, I don't see um, Newcastle or Brighton getting enough points and Fulham, you know, they're on a quest of a wave at the moment. Uh, I think even if they do lose to Man City at the weekend, uh, I still think they'll pick up more points than the other two teams above them and, and drag them right back into it. Um, so we're going to look into the Champions League, Dan. We had two absolutely cracking games last night. Obviously, Haaland, uh, he is the man at the moment. And, uh, you know, he is the one that all teams want to sign in the summer. Um, him, <laughs> amongst with the controversy with a severe keeper, uh, they did just about get the job done. It, you almost thought Ad- 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 Dortmund, gonna, uh, they're going to buy it again. But they got the job done. How far can Borussia Dortmund go in this season's Champions League
1: it all, de- it all depends on you know how, how Haaland performs. Uh, they've got a lot of other players that can that can come in, but they, it all seems to stem from him at the moment. And he's like you said, he's the main man, and he's right at the heart of everything. So uh, he's playing full of confidence, um, and you know, should he stay injury free, it, it, it would all depend. But th- the only problem that I would have with that is that you can't just rely on one player. If he does have an off game or or an off half especially in europe you could get punished by a bigger team so um but yeah i mean i I wanted to get your thoughts out on last night actually because this var situation um especially last night we you know i thought we had it bad in the premier league but that was i think it was around about six or seven minutes there in the game where nobody really knew what was going on and um Obviously, the, the penalty, which was saved at first by the goalkeeper, the Sevilla goalkeeper, and then uh, put away on the second time of asking, it just it just didn't really make a lot of sense. I understand the rules behind him not having, you know, he's not allowed to come off of his line. I'm fine with that. But if you saw the actual passage of play, um, Sevilla are all the way down the other end of the pitch before the decision's made for a retake. So, what, you know, what can they do to sort of streamline this a little bit because it just clearly isn't working is it
0: i think with with var you could almost have a, a podcast in that in itself with the amount of controversies we've had in the premier league and across europe this season i think when everybody saw the var was coming through i think all we want is some consistency but if anything we're getting the inconsistency i'm thinking earlier this season when palace benefited when david de Gea came off of his line i can bet your life hit now, from that point until last night, there's been more occasions where a goalkeeper hasn't, you know, they've been a millimetre off of their line and hasn't been picked up. And we haven't seen these penalties retaken. And we're seeing these handball calls and we're seeing these offside calls where, you know, they're offside by their arm and things like that. And the, when you have to bring these little lines in, you know, give the, give the benefit to the attacking player. You know, we want to see goals um, and perhaps, you know, I know Arsene Wenger's trying to bring in his new law and he's trying to trial that out um like i said we we thought that it would eradicate mistakes but it's just adding more and more time to the game it's cutting all the flow and you're at risk of can we celebrate this goal or you know gone are the days well obviously we're not in the in the stadiums at the moment anyway but gone are the days where you could go absolutely ballistic with your mates celebrating an away 90th minute winner because in the back of your mind now you're going oh they're gonna, they gonna go var and that'll take five minutes you know, and by the time the goal's scored, it's more of a relief rather than, you know, elation. So there's got to be, it's got to be a review of it. And I know they've reviewed the handball law. Uh, the, the offside law really is a bugbear of mine. When they have to draw all these lines in Stockley Park, I don't really agree with it. Last night with the keeper coming off of his line and they're retaking the penalties. Where do you draw the line? Um, so, you know, I think we will probably have to do a, a, a VAR episode. Um but without taking the gloss off of Haaland, you know, he was absolutely fantastic and, and Dortmund got the job done over two legs. And, you know, it will be interesting to see um, if he leaves in the summer or can Dortmund cling on to him uh, for another year. We've got to go to the other uh, fixture in the Champions League last night, Dan. Otherwise, we'll end up ranting about VAR for half an hour. Juventus crashed out, losing at home to Porto extra time. They huffed and passed. Porto were down to 10 men. Um, they got the job done in extra time. Juventus have been knocked out of the Champions League in successive seasons by Ajax, Lyon and Porto. Are they still a threat? And are they uh, still in that bracket as a favourite for the
1: Champions League going forward? Yeah, I think in, uh, based on what you've just said about the teams that they've gone out to about being too disrespectful, I don't, you know, I don't see them as a, as a European giant in the recent years. Um, we've thought that the introduction of Ronaldo to the team would, would help them, which is fine on a domestic stage because, uh, but even this season, if I'm not mistaken, I think they're, what are they third in the Serie A at the moment? Yeah. The
0: Milan teams are running away with it, aren't they? At the moment. Um, it just looks like they're gonna, they're gonna lose their title to one of the Milan boys. And they'll hate that. Uh, so I, 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 think it's hard. It's hard because Pirlo is such a Juventus legend Um, But there's more managerial experience out there than Pirlo, and I I do wonder if it's almost like a Lampard at Chelsea type fit, where it's uh, too much too soon, because, you know, you look through that team at Juventus, and from the back to the front, they are phenomenal, and they have cover in every position. And last night, you know, they absolutely peppered Porto, I I was watching it, and I thought, it's only a matter of time before Juve get another goal here. But there's something more underlying in that, because, you know, the league runs across, you know, 30 to 40 games, and... They're that far off the Milan teams, and AC Milan have improved massively, and Inter Milan look really steady. So it's hard, isn't it? It's hard to give you know put that reliance on Ronaldo, but I think you know. It, in, in the shape of Pira, I think it was too much too soon for him.
1: Yeah, I think I would agree with that, Al, as well.
0: So looking forward to uh, to tonight's games, mate. We've got uh, Liverpool, Leipzig, and PSG Barca. I know you said before we went on air tonight that you were looking forward to PSG Barca. How do you think that tie will will go? I think PSG are all but through, but you know we've seen before these two teams have have collided, uh, and it rains goals. So what happens tonight? Do you think?
1: I don't know, Al. To be honest, I think. I, I think I'm hoping for as a as a neutral, I think I'm hoping for for a repeat of what happened at the new Camp a few seasons back. Um, you know, I think it was, I think it was six one uh, that Barca won on the night, and uh, that was just a crazy game of football. But what I would say is, I think the officials helped on that night um, to to sort of steer it in Barca's direction. So I don't see PSG going out. I just, from a neutral perspective, hope for a good game. I'm going to see if I can maybe take that game in this evening um, and as for the other tie uh, I, I think Liverpool will get the job done to be honest I don't think they'll have any trouble but it'll just be interesting to see what happens in the um, in the sort of the draw for the, the next set of games to see who draws who and maybe we could have a little preview of that
0: yeah absolutely before we go on to the Europa League I've just got a, a little feature for you Dan so obviously we talked about Erling Haaland I'm going to give you some players, uh, you know, legends of the of, of football, um, and I want you to tell me whether Haaland has more or less goals than said player. So the first player is Totti, the Roma legend, Francesco Totti. Has Haaland got more or less goals than Totti? I'm
1: going to go with more. I think.
0: Okay. Yeah. Another player we've got is Brazilian legend Ronaldinho. Has he got more or less goals than Haaland?
1: I'm going to say more again. I think.
0: Okay. Zinedine Zidane. Has Haaland got more or less?
1: Now you're asking me whether Zidane got more goals than Ronaldinho. Um, I'll go less. I'll go less.
0: Brazilian Ronaldo. Inter Barca, you know, oh, he less. Went and did much it all.
1: much less. Surely, surely less.
0: And Inter Milan, X Man United, Romelu Lukaku. Less. At the age, Haaland is twenty years old, so you could argue that he's still such a raw talent. He has more goals than all five of those players. Wow. And he's twenty years old. He's got yes. more Champions League goals than all those players. I was absolutely flabbergasted when I saw that. And I think at twenty, he's still got five or six years till he hits his peak. So, you know, you are looking at potentially replacing the Messis and Ronaldo's and I can't see past this guy I know it all, it all depends on will he have any big injuries will he come to the Premier League can he hit the heights of like you know that Kane hit and Thierry Henry once hit and score you know goals for fun I think I just think he's he's such a talent and I don't think there's anyone else maybe apart from like Phil Foden actually around the same age who really has that potential to really hit the highs so Erling Haaland you know deservedly so he's getting all the attention at the moment Europa League down, we have the first legs Uh, tomorrow evening. I've selected four fixtures and it's all the British teams still. We've still got a good British contingency, which is really, really nice to see. The first game is Man United. They play AC Milan. How do you think that one's going to pan out over two legs?
1: It's hard to say. Uh, Obviously, as you said, Milan are, are playing so well yeah in their in their league um it's it's a tough one it's a real tough one i think you would you would expect united to 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 take the the w over two legs and move on but i it's really hard to say um we'll have to sort of revisit this after the first leg i think might make it a little easier i think if united can turn up the way they played against city and i know that perhaps
0: having a derby there's not as much pressure and they know that they've got to keep winning to um almost be in that title race still um I think you're right. I think Man United will have enough over two legs. It depends what sides they put out. And we've said in the past, um, the Italian teams in the Europa League, they don't always uh, take it seriously. You know, they love the Champions League, but when it comes to the Europa League, if their mind is elsewhere, and obviously Milan's mind will be elsewhere going for Syria, it'll be interesting to see uh, what team they put out. Um, but I think you'd like to think that Milan. I think they'll come up just short against United. Uh, but you know, I think that will be. One of the ties of the round. Uh, the next tie I've got is Slavia Prague, who obviously knocked out Leicester, your pick in the last round. They've got Rangers. Uh, obviously congratulations to Rangers. We've got a few Rangers fans who tune into the podcast. Congratulations on winning the league uh, over Celtic. Will there be some sort of a, um, a hangover over Rangers? You know, will they have celebrated or will Gerrard have their feet firmly on the ground with the old firm game ahead of this weekend? How do you think they fare
1: away at Slavia Prague? Yeah, I don't think Gerard would allow for a hangover. And, you know, there's there's obviously been celebrations. We've seen the celebrations, fans and the players alike. Um, And as you mentioned, obviously, congrats to them. But uh, I think it would actually come as um, a bit of a surprise that they've got the league wrapped up before the split in the SPL. And I think that it will work in their favour because it's one less thing for them to think about. What I would say is that I don't think that they can go into these games in Europa League the way they did in the in the last round because I know they obviously came through the winners but they also conceded five goals over two legs. So it's okay to be free scoring and it's okay to be knocking. I think they've knocked six and sixes and sevens past a few teams in the SBL this season but the 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 more you progress in this tournament if you're if you're shipping goals you're not going to be able to just purely outscore your opponents to progress it just doesn't work like that um especially as they're away tomorrow as well i think tomorrow
0: i'll put my neck on the line i think we could see another high scoring game Q and 0 nil now, but I think we'll see a high-scoring game tomorrow night uh, for Rangers. Another fixture we've got to move on to is Arsenal-Olympiakos. So now, these two have history uh, back in February 2020. Um, Olympiakos won on the away goals rule um, and they knocked Arsenal out of the Can Arsenal get revenge here, do you think?
1: Uh, I hope so. Um, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think, is it not the North London derby in between these two ties?
0: Yeah, that's correct.
1: Yeah, so... They'll have one one eye, you know, on that. I think, um, but again, over two legs, you would expect them to to progress. Uh, they do like sort of getting the business done in Europa League. Arsenal, I think they they you know, they come up short to Chelsea a few years ago, didn't they? In Baku, so uh, played well all the way through the tournament, and then I think they went out without a fight in the final. I think they lost four um, nil, but. Yeah, I'd back Arsenal to progress over two legs.
0: I think you made a really good point there, the fact that we've got the North London derby uh, this weekend uh, on the Sunday. So I think having Olympiacos, you know, they've got three games in a week. Um, That's normal to all teams in Europe. You know, it's not an excuse. I think it depends, you know, what he um, sees as as the must win really I mean ideally they're all they're all must win but I think if he can go to Olympiacos, uh take a score draw uh, I think he would take that uh, see the big one is Arsenal Spurs you know, even without fans is a huge game the players know that um, and that'll be in it we'll, we'll touch upon that at the end Dan. we'll, we'll have a little uh, preview ahead of that and uh, yeah do they take it back uh, to Arsenal and, and get the job done <sighs> who knows but I, th- I think they will have enough um, over two legs. I think if they get the likes, if, if abameyang turns up on his day, Abamiang scores against most sides. Um and they've got they've got some decent players in there now. Saka, Ceballos um you know their class. So we'll we'll see how um how Arsenal get on, but I think they'll they'll do the business over two legs. The last fixture we have is Spurs Dinamo Zagreb again like you say they've got the North London Derby ahead of the weekend as well. Spurs are at home this first leg so Spurs Zagreb Dan how do you think they get on?
1: Yeah, I think Zagreb are the the lowest seeded team left, uh, the lowest ranked team left. So Spurs have fallen on their feet a little bit here, and obviously they they seem to be running on all cylinders at the moment. So I don't see them having a problem. Uh, they'll want to put a marker down as they're at home first and uh, get a couple of goals to take away from home. And yeah, I don't th- I don't think they'll have any issues. Uh, I think it'll be more the the last eight. Where it starts to get really, really hot in the uh, Europa League, and and hopefully some of these British teams can come up against uh, one another because, although they play each other in the uh, in the Premier League, it's always a different feel if they know that they're going to be progressing into you know Euro- European semi-finals. Will a British team win the Europa League this season? Do you think? From a neutral perspective, I'd love them to. Um, well, my pick went out as we've already mentioned, so I'm not going to put the mockers on any team and pick a second uh, second one, but. Uh, from the teams that are left, Al, I think, you know, there's a good chance that we could have some sort of team in the final representing, uh, even if they don't go on to win it.
0: I wonder if we could have an English pairing facing each other in the next round. If all those four go through, as we have said, um, oh, I think oh, some Spurs fans would love to play each other again, wouldn't they, over two legs. Um, so as a neutral, let's hope that... Um, let's hope all the british teams go far but i think you know law of averages i think they you know we might see them face uh each other or british team facing each other in the next round dan i am going to put you on the spot who is your pick to win the europa league now that leicester have gone have another
1: go i'm not telling you mate i'm not telling you i'll keep it to myself until the semi-finals um but interesting you say about about that i think that Gerard might like to come up against a British club in the next round. Should Rangers progress, especially if it was Man United, I think he'd definitely want to uh, embrace that and maybe get one over on his on his old rivals as a player. Uh, but no, I'm not going to give you one. I don't think I've got a team that I would like to go all of the way, but I don't want them to go out. I think I'll get too much ridicule, so I'll keep it to myself. What about yourself? I, You're going to put your neck on the line? You're going to put okay. your neck
0: on? Oh. I'm looking at the fixtures and Ajax, yeah, I don't think they're the team that they once were. I I can't see past Man United. And if it wasn't Man United, um, maybe Spurs, I think the Mourinho factor could get them all the way, you know. Um, And like we've said before, if you can win the Europa League, that's guaranteed Champions League football. Uh, so if Spurs were to miss out on the top four, at the moment you've got both Manchester clubs, you've got Leicester, Everton are up there, Chelsea are up there. There's so many teams going for it. Mourinho might see this as, do you know what, let's go for it. Um, he can set up a team to defend and you know the, the, the players that they've got, um, Bale is on absolute fire at the moment. Him, Son, Kane, Lucas, uh, if on their day Tottenham could blow a team like Zagreb 4-0 tomorrow. Um, and if he needs a 0 nil then Mourinho can certainly do that. We've seen in the past the Mourinho team can take a 0 0 and knockout football, I think, would suit him. And what a better time to uh, get a bit of silverware. I know they've got Man City in the League Cup final later this season. I don't think they're going to win that. But why couldn't they go and win the Europa League? I'm looking at the teams in it. Molder, Granada, Shakhtar, Roma, Kiev, Villarreal. I think Spurs could probably beat all of them. And I think Man United could as well on their day if you have a bruno fernandes who fancies it um you know if united do beat milan they'll i think they'll fancy anybody uh in that draw so if not man united it will be spurs um so that's more my uh my heart thinking a uh, british team um will will win the europa league uh, let's 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 wait and see, see so Dan the uh, like, like, like we said the north london derby arsenal spurs this weekend who comes on top for you uh, I was having a chat with,
1: with Pete actually earlier on this week, probably trying to rile him a little bit. But I'm going to go Spurs. I think I'm going to go Even Spurs. Even the Emirates. Yeah, I am. I'm going to go Spurs. I think they play the way they're playing at the moment. As you quite rightly said, I, I don't think that you could really. I think the one thing you could definitely bank on if you were a betting man is the fact that they're going to score a goal. Um, they just got too much. Uh, so yeah, I think that I think the Spurs will come away with the three points.
0: It's funny you say that. Like the bookies have got Arsenal as. You know, nailed on favourites here at three to two, but Tottenham at thirteen to eight. I, I think that would be a nice punt. I think they've scored four against Palace, four against Burnley, four against Wolfsburger. Uh, what? Why not? I think Tottenham look great value there. The other fixtures, um, Spur. Uh, sorry, Southampton, Brighton. That's a huge game. I think if Southampton win that, you know they're they're all but safe. If Brighton lose, then they're banking on the teams like Newcastle and Fulham to drop points as well. Um, Leicester, Sheffield United, um, Man United, West Ham. Aside of the North London derby, Dan, what fixture whets your appetite there?
1: Definitely like the look of the Southampton game. I'll have a a close eye on that one on uh, Sunday. But uh, I don't think there's really any other standout fixtures, as it were. I think that, like you mentioned earlier in the episode, I think the game... Between uh, Brighton and Newcastle, the following week is a is a huge one. But uh, this week, I think there's a lot of teams that you would bank on as as the heavy heavy favourite. Uh, I'm just looking now. You've got uh, Everton and Burnley. I would expect Everton home win. Uh, Palace West Brom is nil nil. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I think so. Uh, you know how Big Sam sets up and we're not exactly free. What I would say, though, is that we've got Wilf back and, yeah. and he does give us a different dimension, different aspect. I, I'd like to see Mateta start. I'd like to I see a little bit more of Benteke him. Yeah, moment. yeah, I agree. About that? He's you know, he scored
0: at Spurs and we know that Hodgson rates Benteke for his defensive duties as well. Um, and he's certainly on a good run of form at the moment. It'd be hard to bench him, but I hear your sentiments. It'd be nice to see Mateta, uh, you know, get that start. Um, and Leeds-Chelsea could be a really good game. You know, Leeds will always play the same way. Uh, Tuchel has got Chelsea defending really well. So it, uh, it that'll be a good game on the Saturday lunchtime. And then uh, Fulham-Man City. Um, I, I can't see past Man City. They'll want to put the Manchester derby behind them. But Fulham are on a great run at the moment. So um, football's a funny old game. As usual, keep, do keep your questions coming in on Instagram. Message us on Twitter. Um... And we will see you next week. Thank you very much.
1: Yep. Cheers, everyone.